You're listening to Bad Trip, the true crime and other weird shit podcast where two sisters take you on a wild ride through some of the world's most fucked up places. Each episode, we journey to a new location and explore its sordid past, creepiest urban legends, and landmarks you won't find in the guidebooks. So buckle up, because it's about to be a bad trip. We interrupt this program because the civil authorities have issued a contagious disease warning. 911, where is your emergency? The U.S. Navy has finally acknowledged that videos appearing to show UFOs flying through the air are real. Initially, many thought the pops they heard uh, were fireworks associated with the show, but soon it became obvious that this was an attack. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Bad Trip. That's Shauna. That was Taylor. Ooh, we mixed it up this week. Can you tell us apart? We don't know. I can. Sometimes even I can't tell us apart, though, when I'm listening, like on little snippets. That's true. She'll be like, was that you or me? And I'm like, really? (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) It's funny. Look, my hearing's not the best. We all know that. That's true. We are doing our detour episode this week. We're in Utah. Episode 31. Coming at you with two short stories about Utah. Little little places you might want to go or places you probably don't want to go. Yeah, probably the latter. Um, We do want to say that we're going to start releasing our episodes on Thursday because my ass is stressed and it works out better with my schedule. Yeah. As you know, Taylor is in school and there's we both have a lot going on, but she especially has a lot going on. We equally have a lot going on. I mean, no, she has a little more going on, but it's fine. It's not a competition. Um, So, yeah, Thursdays, it's, it's just it is what it is. It is what it is. Before we get started, a couple quick things. Um, Number one, we still have stickers that we would love to send to you in the mail. And they're just like cute little stickers of our logo, two by two, vinyl, so you can stick them on things and run it through the washing machine. Not the washing machine, the dishwasher. I mean, you can try to put it in the washing machine, but no promises. Yeah, I I don't recommend it, but definitely the dishwasher. You can put it on your computer and then peel it off, whatever. So if you're interested in that, they're free. We're sending them to you. For zero dollars. Postage included. Yeah. We're basically giving you money. Right. So get our stickers. Yeah. You can get them at bit.ly slash badtrip01. So check them out. Check them out. Um, And also Sean is going to give a little disclaimer before we get into our jam. Yes. So this is a true crime podcast, but we also talk about other things, spooky stuff, dumb shit. We just talk about what we want to talk about. We make jokes. We go on tangents. We're not a super serious podcast. So if you love that, we love you. If you don't, that's fine. But we're not the podcast for you. Amen. So with that, I guess, Taylor, why don't you go ahead and share your detour from Utah? All righty. So I named mine the best question mark of both worlds. Oh, Hannah Montana vibes. Yep. Hannah Montana vibes. My story this week takes place in Sandy, Utah, which is located in the Salt Lake City metropolitan area and was the sixth largest city in Utah in the 2010 census with 87,461 people. And that's all I know about it. That's enormous. Wow. Enormous. Is it? 
No, not at all. Oh, I was like, I don't know. Is that big? Well, Tim Burhow, a police detective in Sandy that had been investigating fraud for 27 years, said that he has never seen a case like the one I'm about to tell you. Oh, yeah. Quote, it's a story that even Hollywood producers may say is a little far fetched. Okay, so I'm claiming the rights to this and making it into a movie immediately. Hell yeah, we claim the rights. I'm getting in on this action. I own half of it. Okay, that seems fair. <laughs> All right, so uh, Hollywood, Firefetch. All right, now I'm going to introduce you to our main character, Scott Davian. D A V I O N. I'm going Davian. Davian? Scott Davian? That was just me doing a French accent because it's been a minute. We haven't like truly been offensive to France in a while. Yeah, we haven't butchered the French accent, the, the beautiful language of France. Yeah, we oui, we oui. in in a hot minute, so it's about time. In a hot minute, hamburger. <laughs> oh God! Sorry again. Sorry, not sorry. Okay. Uh, so in 1994, when Scott was 15, he was homeless orphaned after his mother died from a drug overdose and living on the streets in Santa Monica, California. He was how old? 15. Oh, that's really sad. Oh, yeah. So when he was in Santa Monica, he met a girl named Jessica who was on a mission trip with the LDS church. Mm, Okay. So we know from the episode last week in your segment, you taught us about the Jesus Christ Church of Latter-day Saints, which are the Mormons. Yes, the mainstream Mormons. And then there are other Mormons who aren't in the LDS church. Right, right, right. But most Mormons are. Okay, yeah. So Jessica was. Scott told Jessica that he was from New York, but was traveling and had met a missionary in the Dakotas who told him to go to Los Angeles. And that's how he ended up there. So he was like, you can go find help in Los Angeles, save a lot of like whatever, I guess. Wait, and he just made that up? Well, no, that's why he's in California. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you said he was in California because his mom died. Well, right. His mom died. He was traveling and he came across like an LDS missionary in the Dakotas. Oh, okay. It was like you can find help in, you know, California. I don't know why it's assumed he was like being nefarious and trying to trick her like, oh, yeah, I'm Mormon too. Like I, I talked to this dude and he sent me here. But no, he was for real. Well, no, and he's not Mormon. Like, oh, he, okay. he just like went there, you know, because he was told. It might be useful. (laughs) He was told by a Mormon. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So sweet, sweet Jessica, who was 21, by the way, tells him to make his way to Salt Lake City, where her mother, Charmaine, would help him become a Mormon. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. So they've had different people live with them to help them out. Just, you know, they take people in and they're good people. I read in one article that they have helped at least 50 people. So that's pretty dope. Hmm. Don't be suspicious. They're like really cool. No, I'm just suspicious of people who help people in the name of religion. Well, I know, but it's like, you know, if they're helping someone and they're not being crazy and like aggressive and they just are like, do you want to learn about our shit? Then that's fine. Sure. I'm not going to go do it. It's a situation I don't want to be in. But like, I don't think that's a negative. I do, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. You have no happiness. That's fine. What? Because I don't, I'm not religious. No, because like you can't be happy for people that... Are getting help from this. No, I just think it's you're taking advantage of someone who's in a in a bad situation and like feeding them religion as a solution. Okay, well, this family also got him his birth certificate. They helped him get his social security card. They enrolled him in high school. So they did all those things. That's nice. I'm not saying they didn't do anything good. I'm not saying that at all. Okay. I just I the religion thing thrown in there always makes me suspicious. That's all. I'm not saying that doesn't mean they aren't good people. 
I agree on the suspicion, 100%. I don't think you're wrong thinking that. I just didn't want you to immediately like think that you didn't like them. No, no, I don't. That's not how I feel. Okay, love it. I just was being a negative Nancy, but also realistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So Scott went to Taylorsville High School before transferring to Cottonwood High School. People noticed that for a homeless teenager with no prior formal education, he did remarkably well. Oh, he had never been to school before, he said? Never. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Detective Burhow from the beginning said, I would have killed to get grades like that in high school, which I just think is so funny. And that's why he's a cop. Right? <laughs> a cab. Charmaine was expecting. Oh, I didn't mention this. I'm not using their last name because in one of the articles I read, it had said that they didn't want their last name used. I have like since read it in other articles, but I don't need. You know. Yeah. yeah. If they're not into that, then. Yeah. So I will just, respect that. Right. I'm not going <laughs> to. I will make fun of them, but I will not say their last name. <laughs> Charmaine was expecting to have to spend a lot of time with Scott working on his schooling. But like I said, he did great. He brought home straight A's. He passed the GED his junior year with a score of 99% and got a perfect 36 on the ACT. Hmm. So Charmaine was like, this dude's a genius. Okay, but like, wait, so he had had no formal education, but we're assuming like he could read and write from maybe just like yeah. he learned it. Yeah. And I don't know if like maybe he had been in like schooling at all when he was younger, but he definitely hadn't had, you know, the math and like all that stuff that would be on these tests. Mm -hmm. He probably just... Wait, I don't know why. In my mind, he was super morbid his whole life. And I was like, he probably just went to his tabernacle. No, <laughs> his tabernacle. No, I don't think that's a Mormon thing. I think I just know. He went to his barnacle, his place of worship and mm -hmm. read the Book of Mormon. No, he's not Mormon. So it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Not only did Scott adapt well in his education, but he also adapted well in the social setting. He dated some girls in his high school he went to the prom and all the other dances, which like every article made a point to mention he went to prom. OK, I'm getting some major like intruder vibes. And I think he's like a 45 year old man. OK, I like your theory. We're going to keep that, you know, in, in our forefront of our minds. OK, he had a group of friends that he loved to play video games with. And the family made a scrapbook for him of all these new memories and milestones. That's sweet. So in 1998, he would be about 19 at this point. Charmaine told him it was time to get his own apartment. So he did. And it was just like right down the street. He had a few jobs until he landed one at Elite Systems where he worked his way up to corporate salesman. That sounds like a fake company from a movie. I know. OK, wait, I went to their website and I was like, no. So it's this big like technology website, actually, or like company. And when you Google them, their kind of like tagline thing is Elite Systems provides expert technology consulting with data center and application development services to federal government and commercial clients. That sounds like a company that would be our customer at work. Also, I was like, it sounds like someone that's like hacking into shit for the government. Gross. I mean, probably that, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, you know, it's technology shit. Things were going really well for Scott at this point. He had a steady job, a girlfriend, and his own apartment. But in May 2000, things began to unravel. Mm. A man came back to the store Scott worked at, saying the computer he had just purchased from Scott didn't work. So he like you know wanted a refund, replacement, whatever. The other employees went to find the transaction in the system, 
and nothing was there. Okay, that's shady as fuck. Right. So they were like, hmm. And they kind of started digging into stuff. One mystery led to another. And the company ended up discovering that Scott was selling thousands of dollars of computers without their knowledge. What? So many computers were missing. So just like taking cash for it? So the deal is, let me break it down for you. So over $100,000 worth of laptops had disappeared from the company. Wait, sorry, $100,000? Yep. Oh, my God. Okay. Elite Systems received two counterfeit checks, one for $2,871 and the other for $3,827. And the credit cards of seven other people were used, spending $3,100 to nearly five grand per purchase. So he was stealing people's credit cards buying the company's stuff and like selling it himself and then keeping the money i think i'm pretty sure that's what that is oh okay that makes sense so he had like committed fraud on seven credit cards but he had made like so many purchases up to 100 grand Mm -hmm. so you know this guy came to return it and obviously nothing oh yikes zoinks so investigators confronted scott about what was happening and he picked up and left utah with his girlfriend to go back to canada There really were only like five articles I could find on this. And like three of them were from the same website. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have that much variety of information. Got it. But it seemed to me that he had like purchased or I don't know if that's how he explained it to his girlfriend. Like I purchased this house recently. I don't know. But when they arrived at his Canadian home, his girlfriend quickly realized that something wasn't right when she met his mother. Remember his mother died of a drug overdose? His dead mother, yes. Yep, and he was orphaned from New York. Uh Uh-huh. No, his mom lives in Canada. That's where he's from. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Right. So this girl didn't even ask questions. She just fucking dipped. She got in a plane and was like, bye. Good for her. Oh, yeah. You have like chills because that's so eerie. I feel like I'm the kind of person I would have to stick around and get answers, but good for her because that's a smart thing to do is to get the fuck out. Yeah, agreed. Because you don't know what the fuck he's going to do. Oh, God. So it turns out that 22-year-old Scott Davian was actually Kenneth Herbert Blair Lickus, who was 31 years old. I knew it. Shauna. Okay, now I have a little something for you. Okay, we have to stop or I'll keep going for the full rest of the song. I completely forgot what you had titled to the story and I forgot the Hannah Montana thing was going to come back around. I'm really pleased it did. You're like, why are we listening to this? All right. (laughs) So, okay, back to this creepazoid. That means when he was dating girls in high school, he was like 25. No, unacceptable. Unacceptable. So now we're calling him Lickus. Because that's his real last name, and it's funny. I don't want him to lick us. <laughs> I don't want him to lick us. Lick me, lick you either. <sighs> so Lickus was really from Lethbridge, Canada. He was a Mormon and had already been baptized by the LDS Church and served on a mission trip in Poland. So he was like hard Mormon. Oh. And he just pretended not to be Mormon 
And then when he was with that family, he was baptized again. And so that whole story about meeting a man who told him to go to California was bullshit. Thousand percent. Holy crap. Okay. Fully fake. So you were on him from the beginning. Yeah, that was just, you know, it wasn't me being a bad listener. It was my psychic feelers tingling. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I felt that. I didn't see them. So, yeah, this dude was legit living a double life and no one really knows why. It didn't even help him with his crimes. He got busted. He had a warrant out for his arrest in the U.S. with charges of theft, unlawful use of a financial card, falsely making financial transactions and forgery. All felonies. And at this point, like, they know who he actually is, right? Yeah, they know who he is, but he's in Canada. So they can't extradite him back here. Why not? Because it it wasn't allowed. So you have to wait. They had to wait until he came to the U.S. So they pretty much thought they were screwed. Oh, because he's not a U.S. citizen. No, he's from Canada. Okay. Yeah. So they're like, hopefully he comes back. But that would be dumb as shit because he knows he's in trouble. Yeah. You know, whatever. Well, his dumb ass came back for some reason. Of course he did. He moved to Washington and was working at this like random store and had a blabbermouth and chatted up his coworker about what he had done. And the coworker was like, okay. And like, oh, I'm going to go to the on break real quick and like called the police. Was he pretending to be someone else at that point or was he going by his real name? We'll get there. Okay. So on November 10th, 2004, More than three years after the warrant was issued in Shelton, Washington, Lickus was arrested. Was a rickus. Was a rickus? Lickus was a rickus. Okay. Okay. I want to show you a photo of him. The one I got was um, really blurry. It was the only one I could find and it was like blown up and huge. But then there's another one from this Mormon magazine where it's really small and black and white. So I'm just going to give you both. Okay. So this is him when he was arrested when he was 35. He looks younger than 35 to me. He looks 35 to me. I guess like Jessica said when she met him when he was supposed to be 15, she initially thought 16 or 17 and then was like, oh, yeah, he could be 15. Mm -hmm. But she said she never thought he was older. In this picture, I mean, if you told me he was, I don't know, he doesn't look any younger than like 28 to me. Yeah, I I see that. But also, Jessica had said that he had looked rough when he was apprehended. Mm, yeah, that makes so, sense. So, yeah. Um, you know who he kind of reminds me of is, okay, so in the room, mm-hmm. uh, what's the best friend's name? Mark. Mark. Okay. The, Mark. The actual actor who played Mark and then is in the best friends movie, mm-hmm. he reminds me of him. Like, he looks like he would play him in a movie. He kind of does look like him, like those eyebrows. And it weirdly is like the way he's looking into my soul is how I feel like Mark looks. Yeah. Into my soul. (laughs) Yeah. So he looks just like him to me. And I think that we should make a movie about this. Using Mark as this guy. And we can get Tommy Wiseau up in this bitch and he can fund it because he's got apparently a shit ton of money to make bad movies. So he can direct it. He can co-direct it with us and we'll be producers. Uh, all right, I'm loving this. Tommy Wiseau, if you hear us, I'm sorry I pronounced your name wrong, but hit us up. And I'm sorry I said, Mark. <laughs> Hi, doggie. Um, anyways, you can see our photos on our website in our episode guide at badtrippod.com and on our Instagram at badtrippod. And there's also a link in the show notes directly to the episode guide. Oop. All right, so his mom was hoping for extradition back to Canada because she wanted him to have like a cushier situation. 
she wanted him to like go through court and everything in Canada, which I don't really know the rules. I think it was allowed, but everyone in the U.S., all the detectives and everything were fighting hard to keep him there because they were like, no, we've been looking for you like you fucked over so many people here. So much money. Investigators suspect that at least one other person was working with Lickis, but we don't really know. Charmaine, the mom of the family, said she was simply amazed when she heard of his true identity. She said, rather than anger, she feels sorrow for Lickis for making the choices he did. He is brilliant in math and science and could have had a prosperous career in one of those fields. She hasn't spoken to him and doesn't expect to talk to him again and calls this, quote, an interesting adventure in our life history. Wait, this reminds me of The Real Housewife. Uh, didn't, okay, Kyle from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. Didn't they have someone who, like, pretended he had no money and he was an orphan? And No, he, like, Lisa Vanderpump. Oh, okay, what was the deal with that? Cedric, he, like, yeah, he said he was an orphan and he was, like, begging for food on the street, and then they found out his, like, parents were alive and... He was basically using them and, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's bonkers how much, like, I don't want to say how often this happens. I don't really know how often, but, you know, like, it, it's a thing. It's a thing, yeah. I wonder if he really did have someone working with him, um, if Lickus did. I'm like, plot twist. It was actually Mormon mom from Salt Lake City. Oh, my gosh. No, she seems like a sweet lady. I'm not actually saying that. <laughs> Sorry, Charmaine. Charmaine? Yeah, Charmaine. The daughter, Jessica, who was the one that first met him, said, I've been lied to in the past. I just help people regardless of what happens. I'm not bitter. I'm sad that he did this. I'm sad he didn't just come forth and say, hey, I'm Kenneth from Canada and want to start a new life. Womp womp. Yeah, I mean, that seems fair. It seems like, I don't know. I'm like, I feel like you're doing it for the fun almost at that point because it doesn't really seem like there's that much of a motive to do it. Right. It's like clearly something is going on that's not like connected correctly because you like are doing that because you're just like wanting to hurt people right it's, it's either so a me- weird yeah it's like a mental illness thing or you're a sociopath yeah I don't know. so as far as his charges go i like searched and searched i couldn't find anything like concrete on what his sentencing was so i saw somewhere that he could get up to six years And he continued to maintain his innocence, but I can't find an actual answer. So it's like annoying. So if anyone knows an answer, please tell me. Because if he was going to get up to six years, he'd be out by now. Yeah, he would. So I'm like, "Mm, where are you at? Maybe he's back home in Canada. He totally might be. But I'm like, why couldn't I find anything on his arrest? I wonder if he like did get extradited back to Canada so we wouldn't have him in our system. Who knows? Who knows? But I even looked on one of those like sketchy sites where you like try and find your cheating spouse. Oh, yeah. And they're like, we have all the arrest records. Yes. And I was like, let me look. And his name didn't come up. And I'm like, Lickus is Spasicus. Okay. (laughs) How many more things can you rhyme with Lickus? Everything rhymes with Lickus. Dickus. Lickus are hardly Noah's. Oh, God. Anyways. So if you thought this was wild. Bing, bing, bing. He apparently had another false identity or two. When they caught him, he was living under a different name and he had already acquired a fake birth certificate. So felony dog. Anyways, yeah. Dig deeper if you're interested. There's a little more out there about him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Damn, Lickus. The end. Lickus, thickus, eickus. That's the end in Lickus. I hated that so much. Okay, we're going to take an ad break and uh, then Sean is going to tell us 
Something spooky. Something spooky. She's spooky. And we're back. Here we are again. On our own. Here am I on my own. On and only road I've ever known. I really hope you leave that in there. <laughs> I hope I don't. Oh, God. Okay. I might. All right. So Utah, we're still in Utah. That's where we are. Utah, Utah. So we now are going to head to the city of Kaysville, Utah. Nice. Kaysville is about 20 minutes north of Salt Lake City, and it has a population of around 32,000 people. So not too small, not too big. Quick little bop up from Salt Lake and Sandy. Yeah, somewhere near Sandy. Somewhere. So just north of Kaysville Cemetery, right off of Boynton Road, there's a green grassy area in the middle of the woods known as Kays Hollow. Okay. Okay, indeed. Okay's. (laughs) <laughs> so good old Zach Bagans and his crew did an episode of Ghost Adventures in Kay's Hollow. So, you know, shit's about to get weird. It's weird when he shows up. He, if you haven't seen Ghost Adventures, if you're listening to this, I feel like you're probably the kind of person who has seen at least a little bit of Ghost Adventures. Right. Or at least knows from like memes. Yeah. But if you are not aware, he's just such a tool. It's like shirts get tighter every season. And... Like what he what he loves to do is he'll go into a place and be like, demons, attack me. (laughs) And then when he starts to feel weird, he's like, I feel weird. Oh, my neck is burning. But he's like, fuck me up for dinner. And it's like, Zach, chill. Yeah. Like if you ask the demons to attack you and they attack you, you can't even be mad. You don't get to get your feelings hurt. (sighs) Anyway. Anyways, he like has a lot of money and he's a museum and he's like really famous, whatever. Yes. Um, okay, so he says about this place, it's a place where people go to commit suicide. This is a place where devil worship takes place. A lot. A lot of devil worship. Because there's a cross there. Wait, there's yeah. a lot of crosses. I know. That's so that's how he like starts off the episode. And I was like, bro, there's crosses all fucking over the place. That's not a good description. That means there's devil worship everywhere yeah he's so fucking dramatic he's so dramatic i love it so extra i thrive all right so let's talk about the history of Kay's cross for a second yeah in the 1940s a big cross made out of stone and mortar was erected in this spot in Kay's hollow i don't like the word erected it was erect (laughs) uh it was 20 feet tall 13 feet wide, and it had the letter K engraved in both sides. And when I say K's cross, it's like K-A-Y, because that was the name of the town is Kaysville. Okay. Um, The letter K is seemingly unrelated. I mean, is it? It's just like the first letter. No. Yes, it's unrelated, because we'll talk about why. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't think it's unrelated, though. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to show you a picture real quick of the cross. Of the erect, oblong object. Exactly. Ooh, it gives me Legends of the Hidden Temple vibes. Totally does. I like it. It's like, okay, it's really, um, picture like pavement that's the stones with like cement. That's what it looks like, just like built into a cross is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And actually. it's kind of like an angel wing cross. Like it's spread out kind of angel-like on top of your Christmas tree. Yeah, it has kind of like a triangular base. Yes. Well, no one knows for sure who put it there and why. Some people believe the cross was built by the landowner in memory of his seven wives, who he brutally murdered. I mean, that's so rude. 
Yeah, well, supposedly he buried six of them around the cross and then encased one inside it. Oh, how do you choose which one goes inside? Maybe just the last one? I don't know. I mean, is there like a primary wife in yeah. polygamous relationships? I don't know. Interesting. I'm going to have to do some research. <laughs> uh, well, let me know when you find out. Okay. After he was done building the cross, he allegedly hanged himself nearby. So... He felt guilty. And I'm like, okay, but you just fucking built a cross. I'm like, that's fine. But obviously, if you're going to do that, you should also cement yourself inside of it. Poetic justice. Give it a nice little cherry on top. Yeah, exactly. What was he thinking? Like, do it for the people. I totally agree. But the most popular story, which is also the most likely one of how that cross got there, is that it was built in 1946 by a Mormon fundamentalist named Eldon Kingston and kind of his little posse. He started a polygamist commune in the area in the 1930s. Okay. Some say that Eldon Kingston and others on his commune built it under the instruction of a cult leader named Krishna Venta. Ooh, all right. He was this dude from California who claimed to be Christ, the second coming of Christ. So he's like, I'm Jesus. That's me. And he was ultimately murdered by some of his former followers. Oh, so I'm going to show you a picture of him. And again, like all these pictures you can find on our website and our Instagram. What? Oh, no. I went to college with this dude. I feel like, oh, my what? gosh, he was like in my film class. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's so funny. OK, so he has luscious locks and a thick beard. I mean, Jesus vibes. Oh, uh, yeah, kind of. It's But it's like that guy's white. So he's not Jesus. Well, he's he's Jewish. OK, so maybe. Um, But yeah, he's like. He's half Jewish, half, I don't know, but not Jewish. Half nutso. <laughs> and he has giant hands. Look at his freaking hands. I feel you, Krishna. I feel you. It should be Krishna Venti because his hands are 20 ounces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, solid. Solid. Oh, man. Okay. Well, yeah. So that's him. He's a real guy. He is. Is from- he alive? Not anymore. No. Oh, okay. I told you he was murdered by some of his former followers. You sure did. And I reacted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like how half our conversations go in our lives. It's true. <laughs> so there's a website called The Mystery of Kay's Cross, which was created by these young guys who made a YouTube documentary about it in 2013. And they were like teenagers at the time. So. Oh, I love that. Or maybe early 20s. Kind of hard to tell. But young dudes. And they did some research and apparently found records proving that Krishna Venta was in Utah in the late 40s. Ooh. And what's more than that, in 2019, a man came forward with a journal entry his father had written in 2012. The entry was all about how the father had helped build the cross back in the <gasps> 40s. And he basically confirmed this entire story. I fucking love a journal entry uncovered. Yeah. And it was posted on a blog, so I can't confirm like the veracity of it. But, you know... I believe it. I can confirm the veracity. (laughs) Confirmed. So some of this stuff is unclear, like the commune thing. I don't actually know if that part's true, but uh, it seems pretty likely that this Krishna Venta guy basically was like, hey, build this cross. And they were like, dope, I'll do that. Yeah. And they were like, hey, your hands are big. Can you help us with this big old rock? And he was like, sure. And just toss that bitch up there. Except he was like, no, I'm Jesus. You do what I say. You do it. And then the aliens were like, we got you. The aliens swooped down. They came to help. Uh, So that's kind of the main story, but there are some other legends surrounding the cross as well. 
So one is that a local woman was murdered, and on the anniversary of her death every year, her face appears in the stone of the cross. Come on, I'm giving Halloween Town vibes hard. Oh my god, Calabar. Calabar's revenge. <laughs> so good. They also say that during the full moon, the cross glows, and it will burn your skin if you touch it. Okay, I want to try. Yeah. So on the, on the, on the Zach Bagans episode, I was going <laughs> to say, on the Ghost Adventures episode, they talked to this guy who... He was like this goth dude and like like a middle-aged goth dude who I guess went there a lot. And he shared this story about how he had heard that and he was like, well, let me test it out. So he laid on top of <gasps> the cross. No. And he said that it, about an hour later, he wasn't laying on there for an hour, I don't think. I think just an hour later, this burn mark appeared on his back and it looked like three upside down crosses. It was basically three vertical lines with a horizontal line through them. Ew. And there was a picture. Uh, I wish I had screenshotted it. I don't know why I, know, I didn't. I was like, you have to show me that. Well, I'll screenshot it after this and we'll put it up on the Instagram and the Love blog. It. Okay, so my reaction, um, pretend I'm seeing that photo. Oh my God, I can't imagine. I can't oh. handle it. Um, my my vapors. <laughs> <laughs> that was good acting. Thank you. That was good real life. Obviously, that's how I act all the time. <laughs> So also they say that a hooded man roams the woods near the cross. But before you can get too close, he disappears into thin air. He's the Grim Reaper. He might be. That'd be kind of cool. Also, ghostly dog man hybrids from hell apparently guard Kay's Hollow. Uh, yeah. I have a I have a picture of them. Okay. Thank God you have a photo of that for me. Yeah. So this is a screenshot also from the Ghost Adventures episode. So this was their like you know, reenactment of what they believe these things look like. Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be juicy. No. 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 What is it? Describe it to me. How does one describe it to you? Okay. We got like an old. Okay. We have an 87 year old man, <laughs> but he's like really tall, but he's hunched from the top of his shoulders. Like what's this called? Um, What's this like? Your back. Your back. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the the top part there. Like between your collarbone. Or, yeah. Nope. Between your shoulder, shoulder blades. blades. Between your shoulder blades. Shoulder blades. Okay, so. Taylor, Taylor literally is going to school to like deal with dead bodies and she doesn't know what shoulder blades are. I haven't taken anatomy yet and I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. So anyways, 87 year old man, tall, hunched at the shoulder blades. His butt has sagged down below his knees and his legs have shortened that much as well. So it's basically butt at knees, little legs that are kind of like, you know, very short. Then, then his face is just like a really tired old man. And he has that hair on the side, like the teacher in Clueless, the little guy. Oh my God. Yeah, he does. So that I get those vibes. Okay. Yeah. He. I mean, he kind of just looks like, Okay, you know when you see those cats, the hairless cats that are old and they're kind of just like, they look like potatoes in a bag? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what he looks like. Ooh, when it gets like stressed and stretches up in its scary way. I just mean how lumpy it is, you know? Yeah, it's very, it's like a lot of loose skin. Yeah. So anyway, that's the demonic dog man or whatever. I'm not seeing a dog like at all. It has some inverted knees, I think. A bit. But, you know, you know how much we love inverted knees. We love an inverted knee. Just one singular. Your other one better be not inverted. Yeah. Exverted. <laughs> <laughs> 
So beyond that, the current property owner told Zach Bagans that there have been two confirmed suicides on the property. One was supposedly a man who hanged himself from a tree right near the cross. And the other one was a guy who went camping in the woods there and shot himself. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so I, I didn't find any confirmation of that online, but I also didn't look too hard because I was just like, yeah, sure. I'll take his word for it. Yeah, right. And also it's like just. All right, so you might have noticed at the beginning that I was saying the cross was 20 feet tall. Mm, I didn't notice, but now I remember. (laughs) (laughs) That's because in February of 1992, the cross was blown up with dynamite. Why? (laughs) Well, apparently there are different theories. Some people believe that it wasn't actually dynamite, that just the evil within it got so powerful that it exploded. Mm. <laughs> I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the rational explanation was that the property owners blew it up to deter rowdy teenagers from going there to party and like have sex and do drugs. Well, then I'm going to go fuck on where the cross used to be. I'm going to be like, I fucked on the rebel. Yeah. Rubble? Rubble. Not the rebel. <laughs> I'm a rebel I- on the rubble. <laughs> rebel on the rubble. Rebel on the rubble. Um. Apparently, it was the blast was so powerful that it could be heard miles away, and mm. chunks of rock weighing up to ten pounds flew through the air and landed eighty feet from the cross. Wowza! I'm gonna need to know if bones exploded out of that cross. No. Okay. No bones. Disappointing. The explosion also killed a pheasant that had been chilling nearby. So R.I.P. Little buddy. Well, that's rude. They should have cleared the area. I agree. Ugh. Another pointless death. I know. I love how we talk about so many murdered humans in the show, but like a dead pheasant. And it's like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, the bones were inside and six women under. And I'm like, what order were they in? Oh, my God. And yeah. then it's like a pheasant dies on accident. And I'm miserable Poor for the rest bird. of the night. The birdie bird. I have some pictures of what it looks like now. They've surrounded it with like a kind of metal fence casing area thing. So people don't go in, but they still can go in. Mm hmm. Oh, it's you can see like a big chunk of the base there. I mean, that's a good amount left. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly still there. Um, It's just toppled over and in pieces. My thought was when they're blowing it up with dynamite, does the dynamite go on top? Do they put it on the on the arms? Do they put it around the base? I don't know. It's a good question. I would assume the base probably because it looks kind of like it got right out of the ground. Yeah, basically. like blown from underneath and then also crushed from the top. Yeah, yeah I agree. That's wild. Yeah. So um, that's what it looks like now. And then, you know, another explanation for why this would have happened is because it was destroyed in the hopes that the hauntings and the sacrifices would come to an end. Oh, yeah. Why don't we destroy the relic that's holding all the spirits within it and just let them free into the world where they have nowhere to go but your soul. I know, right? Your troll toll. Your troll toll soul. (laughs) Uh, Well, in 2013, the owners allowed their land to be used for a haunted attraction centered around the cross. So now every October, you can visit Kay's Hollow and experience the spookiness for yourself. Ooh, okay. And to close this out, I would love to share just some miscellaneous Zach Bagans bullshit from the episode. Ah, that's what I was hoping for at the end. All right. So first, when they first got there, they saw a pentagram spray painted on an old well and he was like, this is evidence of Satan worship. <laughs> it's like, no, that's evidence of a teenager thinking they're funny with their friends. Exactly. Like, OK, this is a quote from him. He said, the forest is an alternate dimension. You're just concentrating that small space with everything bad and evil that you could even fathom. <laughs> like, OK, bro. Oh, my God. He's cuckoo. Kachoo. And the fact like. 
I really should be reading this in a Midwestern accent because he grew up in Illinois and he has such a fucking Midwestern accent. I love it. It's like he tries to be this badass, like, but then you hear that dorky Midwestern and uh-huh. you just have to love it. You can't hide that, buddy. Nah. Can't hide that under a pair of true religion jeans. <laughs> <laughs> he loves those jeans. Oh my gosh. Bedazzled as fuck. Ooh. Well, another quote from him. He said, this forest, instead of full of squirrels and bunnies... It's full of creatures and demons. Oh, my God. That's my kind of forest. (laughs) Oh, squirrels and bunnies. Just that's what most forests are full of. Yeah, just that. One or the other. You get squirrels and bunnies or you get thieves and demons. Creatures and demons. Creatures and demons. I'm like, I think a squirrel's a creature. And I think a bunny's a demon. Have you ever seen (laughs) Happy Tree Friends? Happy bunny. Happy bunny. The early 2000s were full of a lot of like cartoon bunnies. Yeah, and like monkeys and yeah, just a lot of long sleeves under short sleeves. And that's like coming back. I'm good. No, more tank tops over short sleeves is coming back. I'm ill. I'm kind of, I'm okay with that. I like it. I can't wait till this world stops turning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fully. Uh, all right. So the general plot of what happened on this episode is they get there. They talk to this woman who said she was possessed there. They talk to this goth dude who talks about his experience Zach goes around and talks to some neighbors and this lady's like, oh, yeah, my kids saw red glowing eyes once. And then my other kids saw some shit. And they were like basically acting as if all the time they're seeing these demons. Oh, my God. They're like, this boy has been seeing red eyed demons. And I'm like, well, this little boy thought he saw red eyes one time. Okay, Yeah. And it was really like the DVD player light glowing in the living room. Yeah. Um, And then they go out into the woods in the nighttime. Well, first I go there in the day. And they find this little very dirty cloth baggie at the base of the cross. Mm. And they take a stick and they like pull it out and they're like, oh, what's in here? And they open it up and there's fresh bones. There's like part of an animal jaw in there. Um, And it's like super clean. And then there's these fresh berries. So clearly someone just fucking put this there. So I'm like, either you guys put this there (laughs) or someone's like, oh, shit, ghost adventurers are coming to town. Like we have to go put some fucking berries at the base of this cross and trip them out. I feel like. In the scene, Zach went ahead and like picked up the stuff and he's like, look at these bones. And as he held them out in his hands, they were stained purple from just picking the berries 10 minutes before. (laughs) I wish that was the case. No, he refused to touch them. He made one of the other dudes do it. He loves to think he's tough and then make his like lackeys be possessed and scratched. Yeah. It's like his favorite thing. Yeah. Well, over the course of the night, one of the dudes, Billy, got possessed. Zach also got possessed. A lady named Bennett, who I talked about earlier, talked about her experience with possession. And they hear a witch cackling. They hear like animals eating each other. It's just like a shit show. It's absolutely bonkers. Well, that's nuts. Also, I hear a witch cackling when Shauna watches TikTok at night in her room. (laughs) Thank you. I've never heard anything so nice. I know, right? So that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, you know, it still is there to this day. It's on private property, but people still go on there all the time and yeah. like kind of get away with it. So, you know, I'm not saying to do it, but like you probably can. But you could get away with it if you tried most likely. But don't mention us. Yeah, I didn't tell you anything. We just said it. Blame Zach Bagans. Mm-hmm. Tell him Zach sent you. <laughs> tell him the berries sent you. The berries sent you. <laughs> uh, all right. So that is the story of Kay's Cross in Kay's Hollow in Utah. Oh my gosh, thank you for telling me that. I learned about an erect statue. And then it's no longer erect. And now it's flaccid. It's a flaccid statue. It sure is. Flaccid and deformed. But uh, every flaccid, deformed statue is beautiful in, in its own way. way. <laughs> Except the Confederate one. Oh yeah, not those. Those gotta go. Uh, 
All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in again this week and listening to us talk our nonsense. We love it. As a reminder, we do have our stickers at bit.ly slash badtrip01. Go request them for free. Yeah, I want to write you guys letters and, you know, we want to send you little things. You can leave a note if you, like, request us to, you know, like, kiss the envelope with lipstick. We can do that. Do you want me to spray my perfume on the envelope? I won't. It's expensive. Shauna got it for me as a gift. Oh my God, I did. It was like the nicest thing I've ever done. It's literally gorgeous. I have the best, like sexiest photo of it. Guys, it's Gucci Guilty Intense. So it's like the dark mystique bottle. It's also mystique. Okay, so sorry to our French listener. Our one French listener. Our French. No, I think we might have two. Okay. I think we're good. Uh, Anyways, next week, I'm going to give you guys some weird laws that like, why are these still laws? I don't know, but I'm going to tell you about them so you don't fuck up and get arrested for that. Yeah, I mean, Utah, I imagine most of the laws there are weird. Oh, I've already seen some and they're weird. Okay. Um, And then I'm also going to give you some pit stops to visit. And then I'm going to come at you with a true crime story. All right. So episode 32 next week. And again, we're coming out on Thursdays now. Yes. So heads up. As always, we would very much appreciate any reviews on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you can rate and review. And you can email us anytime at badtrippod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. And tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your sister, tell your brother. Stick stickers on things. Oh, yeah. Like go stick it at the Taco Bell drive-thru. Go stick it at a cross. Probably don't do that, though. Maybe don't. Maybe just put it on a berry and hope someone finds it. Mm -hmm, I like that. Or an animal carcass on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the woman will find it and make a gift out of it with our sticker attached. Oh, I love that. The woman from two episodes ago. Yeah, a fur wallet with the bad trip sticker. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to end with that because that's the best idea ever. TM. All right. Well, thank you again for listening, and we will see you next time on this bad trip. (laughs) Oh my god!